This is Back Window, a podcast by Mike Hill. If you like it, please share this with your friends. Today's episode is called Southern Food, Love and Fat Back. I grew up on Southern country cooking, even though I was a town boy. In the early 1950s, if you didn't have a cow or chickens, somebody nearby did. Country ham, bacon, and fatback still clogged my young arteries, and light bread still ruled the grocery aisle. Tomatoes and cucumbers and squash magically showed up on our doorstep in the summer, not because we were poor, but because some neighbor grew more than her family could eat. My parents were raised during the Depression, and their generation held on to many of the make-do foods at that time. There was so much pork. During the lean years, the policy with pigs was no scrap left behind. Sausage, bacon, fatback, ham, roast, liver mush, and even, although I could never bring myself to try it, pork brains. In my part of the South, a healthy diet included a big breakfast, and I don't mean the kind used to sell cornflakes. Country ham, grits, and red-eye gravy were the light of my dad's morning. Not really a gravy. Red-eye gravy was made by pouring coffee into a pan of country ham grease and adding a little water. It was a make-do during the Depression, but became a must-have for Dad later on. Another favorite food born of hard times is bread pudding. A near-universal favorite, bread pudding had its humble beginnings as a way to save scraps of stale bread when economic times were tough. We cherish the treats that get us through difficult times. Much of the food I learned to love, along with many Southerners, was brought from Africa by enslaved peoples and adopted into our everyday life. Black-eyed peas have been universally accepted, but fried okra is a delight that visitors to the South have struggled with. Maybe if we renamed okra something Italian-sounding, they'd warm up to it. It worked when chefs started calling grits risotto. For an appetizer tonight, we have okra-ready, a crunchy delight with a black-eyed pea puree as a dipping sauce. Cantaloupe, also an African import along with watermelon, may have fallen out of favor as a breakfast food for some, but my grandmother Hill served a slice of cantaloupe with every summer breakfast, and it still makes an occasional appearance at my mother-in-law's table. When I was teaching at Chester, South Carolina, my principal was a young black woman. I looked forward to the end of the year meal when she treated us to a soul food extravaganza. Fried chicken, fried fish, collards, fried okra, stewed tomatoes, black eyed peas, and banana pudding. Several teachers, imports from faraway places like Pennsylvania or Ohio, were curious about the curled up fat back in one bowl. For those in the know, fried fat back is almost rich enough to be called a dessert. 
In these temperate climes, we like our food the way we like our tea, a little sweeter. Our locally grown corn, usually some variety of Silver Queen, is puny compared to the Midwestern corn carried in the big stores, but it's sweet like a second kiss and tender as a puppy's nose. Uninitiated visitors to roadside markets often disparage sweet corn, thinking it's underdeveloped. I almost feel sorry for them. They never tasted my mother's cream corn when she scraped the knife down the cob to squeeze out all the sugary goodness into the pot. I have already written too many odes to my mother's depression gravy, so I will, with great reluctance, pass on praising that again. Another favorite, a direct hand-me-down from her, is the tomato sandwich. Made only with real summer tomatoes, light bread, Duke's mayonnaise, and plenty of salt and pepper, tomato sandwiches are as anticipated as the first buds of May. Mother used to like the tomatoes so ripe that she had to eat her sandwich over the sink. My uncle Harris Case once brought a few of his homegrown tomatoes by our house. One tomato was so huge I had to cut the slices in half to fit them on the bread. We shall never see their like again, neither tomatoes nor uncles. Elvis was crazy about peanut butter and banana sandwiches, and I confess they are tasty. But my southern sandwich hierarchy is as follows. For the bronze medal, grilled cheese, often paired with Campbell's tomato soup. Taking the silver medal is the perennial favorite, homemade pimento cheese sandwiches on light bread. But for me, standing alone at the top of the podium, is the fried bologna sandwich. Thick bologna smothered in sautéed onions with a slice of American cheese melted on top. Put that on a hamburger bun with a mayonnaise, ketchup, sweet relish special sauce, and you can almost hear the hallelujah from a celestial choir. Now I know people can't help where they live, and geography is a harsh mistress. But those greeny yellow things they sell as peaches in stores up there are a hoax. When northbound travelers take the peach stand exit off I-77 and see baskets of real peaches, they ooh and ah like they've discovered gold. I once spent six weeks in Minnesota learning to read Beowulf in Old English. I know, I struggled to clean a lint filter on a dryer, but I am right handy if you ever run up on a document from 1125 A.D. To get to the point, I came home for a weekend in the middle of the six weeks and decided to take some peaches back. Miller Coggins, a friend who ran Springs Farm, took me to a tree that produced the biggest and the sweetest peaches around. As my carry-on luggage, I took two split-wood peck baskets of peaches on the plane back to Minnesota. It was a time before strict airline regulations. The peaches were just this side of softball-sized, and I could never have predicted the reaction I would get when I took them to class on Monday. 
I went from that Southern guy to Mr. Popularity in 10 minutes. Many a notebook left class sticky from peach juice, and the basket I'd kept his whole back was worth its weight in free beers. For those who have adopted Fort Mill and South Carolina as your new home, be warned. We're sneaking up on y'all. We see you stowing cheer wine and Krispy Kreme donuts into your luggage, and our bourbon has invaded the whole country in a friendly, howdy folks kind of way. You may struggle with grits and liver mush, be reluctant to eat boiled peanuts and pimento cheese, and pretend that your brown, tasteless water is tea, but we're patient. After all, we're from the South, and we like to take things slow.